red five. I'm going in. Welcome back to the Trench Run Report, and if this is your first time uh, listening, then uh, welcome. I am Justin Gray, and here with me is Aaron Russo, checking in. <laughs> so, um, yes, uh, before we uh, start off the show, um, I'd like to give a special shout out to uh, the three people that were uh, guests on our show uh, for during the time of the pandemic. Uh, we'd like to thank, thank uh, Ben Hart. Uh, McKenna Fellows, who just recently got engaged. Congratulations, by the way. And uh, Nikki Kumar, uh, during our last episode. That one was a, a ton of fun. So this episode, uh, we, we decided to uh, do... Actually, it was Aaron's uh, idea for this one. We're going to be doing a top five uh, best moments uh, in the Star Wars movies and TV shows. They're not going to be in any... Uh, particular order we're just going to be naming off uh five five moments that stood out to us as uh star wars fans i think i'd like to begin with uh aaron with his uh number five okay my number five i have to say before I, I this was really like i came up with this idea and then i almost felt like it was too big of an idea because it just felt like so hard to take all the movies and all the tv shows um and just narrowed down to five and it was really hard to do and then and then it felt like my moments just ended up being like what everybody would probably think of as their top five so we probably end up approaching it a little differently but i it was actually the hardest to come up with number five for me because i was like so because it's like okay that's the last one i'm going to include and then everything else i'm just not going to talk about but so my number five for almost purely just like visual pleasure of watching is the um, sequence of Darth Maul and Obi-Wan fighting lightsaber dueling after Qui-Gon dies. Oh, yeah. That was my number five moment. And I, I have re-watched just, I've actually re like, from the moment that Darth Maul comes out of the, at the, in, the in the hangar bay, like, through to the point where Obi-Wan cuts him in half, I've probably re-watched that I don't know how dozens of times, hundreds of times, just to see the lightsaber dueling, like, like to me, like that that stretch of the of Episode One is one of the best series of scenes in any Star Wars movie. But I I just I, I kept coming back to that specifically that moment, like from after Qui Gon dies to the point where Obi Wan gets in to that room and then they just go at it like lightsaber dueling. And that is probably the most, like, just visually, just, like, the way that was executed and the way it was pulled off and the way it came across and, like, the energy of that moment, um, the way it was choreographed, but it just looked really intense. Like, it looked real. Like, it looked, I mean, just the energy that, that Ewan McGregor brought into that scene, like, when he runs into the room and just starts 
and and like I just thought I had that I had to, I was thinking about the prequels and like there's there are a lot of moments in the prequels that I enjoyed but I just purely for just entertainment value just like that sequence and the, all the lightsaber movements in that scene put that in my top five um, and like I said like even like there's other parts of the that duel before Qui-Gon died that I really enjoyed as well like all of it yeah that that sequence specifically between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul easily one of my fa- probably my favorite like not like from the story perspective like in terms of like the impact that that scene necessarily had on the story per se but just the pure like coolness of the lightsaber duel in that scene puts that at number five for me I uh number five would have to be uh, straight from the Mandalorian. The uh, moment in the episode, the first uh, chapter, uh, where they revealed uh, the child. Because uh, I, I don't think I've ever been that shocked on a reveal uh, at that uh, magnitude for a long time. Um, like, even in the um, sequel trilogy, I mean, like, it had its moments, like, where. I feel like big reveals were supposed to have an emotional impact, but they just didn't really have that for me. Uh, and that was like the uh, um, reveal that Han, Han was uh, Kylo's dad. I, I feel like they kind of already hinted at that, like at the beginning of the movie. So I was like, all right, it's, oh, it's just putting two and two together. Uh, as far as uh, the child goes, nothing was built up to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this just came right the heck out of nowhere. And, uh, and, uh, as, as you know, uh, Yoda's, uh, species is not named. We don't know their planet. Uh, we don't know how many of them are out there. And mm. just seeing that, it's like, whoa, there, I guess Yoda's not the last of his kind. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of hinted that there were, there were more, uh, during the prequels with, uh, Yaddle than they didn't really do anything with that, but. Right. Yeah, and then uh, just, like, the possibilities that that opened mm-hmm. um, makes you... It, I mean, that's, like, one of the things that I adored about The Mandalorian is that it it explains a little bit about, like... It kind of gives you answers, but not all the way. So, like, you kind of... So it does kind of um, make you want to come back to that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just... And plus, I... Plus, the first time seeing it, uh, I think it was, I think I invited you yeah. over. Yeah, we were right here. And, uh, and also, it, it was also Jacob's uh, first time, uh, my roommate's uh, first time seeing it, too. And, like, I, I just, like, I remember, like, the whole room was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. I just think that, like, I think that part of what made that moment so totally, like, memorable was that, I mean, they did, like, you had no clue that that was coming. Like Mm -hmm. they completely, I never remember hearing any rumors, any images, anything that even remotely would have given me the sense like, Oh, I heard there might be a Yoda character or someone Mm -hmm. saw there was nothing. It was just like, you're watching the show. You had all these expectations about the show. You didn't know what it was going to be. You're watching the first episode, which I thought was a really good episode all the way up Mm -hmm. to the end. And then right when the show went, right when that episode ends, you just get that moment where you're like, what? And then it ends. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was, I would agree, like that is from, for, for sure, like from, a, from just like the animated slash live action TV, that is easily the most like shocking, memorable moment, like, because they hit it so well mm-hmm. that you just didn't see it coming at all. It came completely out of left field. And then you immediately have like a, a million questions. Mm-hmm. Wait, what, what, what just happened? Right. Oh yeah. Um, and, and just visually, right. It was like, like instantly like the cutest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but that, yeah, that is, that was definitely, I remember, I remember in your living room, like we were just all like, what? Like, wait, what, what is, what? And, and you know, you're immediately, it just, it, that's really like the sign of like a great moment, right? It, like, mm-hmm. it like creates this, like, it, you know, like just instinctive reaction, like, and kind of like, I think it was kind of a combination of like shock and laughter, right? I was mm-hmm. like, I can't believe we just saw that. Like, yeah. That was a good one for sure. I mean, that, and that, and that, that moment, that scene, I think has, like now, like it's it's kind of become the it's 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 the most visible marker of like the Disney era. Mm-hmm. Is, oh yeah, is Baby Yoda, by far, yeah. by far. Yeah. Yeah, like even even to the point to where uh, now now uh, I go to Myers now, and like I was looking for the child frantically, which uh, I purchased it uh, from a guy that got it first off of uh, Facebook garage sale, so. Um, it was it was about around the same price, so it wasn't too bad. But like now, I just see Myers like over like I think that's like one of the overstocked Star Wars merchandise there now. The man is the child. Yep, the child. Yep, yeah. yep, the child. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's instantly it's 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 the first time in a long time I think that something from Star Wars had that pop culture impact where it's like mm-hmm. everybody like even yeah, they, who don't like Star Wars and don't watch the Mandalorian knew about Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, that I, I feel like the Baby Yoda is definitely the uh Mickey Mouse of uh Oh, absolutely. of uh, <laughs> Disney Star Wars. Yeah. Like, hands down. Absolutely. Yeah. So so that's my uh uh number number five moment uh it was it was a tough call between uh uh that or the uh lightsaber reveal uh like the dark saber reveal with uh moff gideon but i feel like this one was a little more memorable and that it really didn't need didn't heavily rely on uh viewing the animated series to fully get that Mm -hmm. so so yeah number five all right on to number four all right, number four for me. I have to look at my notes here. Um, number four for me. So I, I, I I've been rewatching uh, some of the original trilogy lately, and um, and especially like uh, A New Hope. And so number four for me, I kind of combined uh, like the scene where Han shows back up on the Death Star attack, mm-hmm. and then Luke destroys the Death Star. And I was watching that again the other day. I've been struck by how the trench run, oh, yeah. <laughs> which, which inspired our, our the title of our podcast, is such a just a great, great, great scene in film. And that particular moment, like I was reminded, like watching that again recently, um, how great of a moment that was. Like when you first saw Star Wars, when when New Hope first came out, the first time you watched it. It was a total surprise that Han showed back up. Like it came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and like 
it was like, oh my gosh, like what? Everybody, everybody at the same moment in the theater was like, just like Vader, like, huh? And then all of a sudden Han's there and there's that Yahoo, you know, whatever, I forgot what he says. And then like, just that was a pure like Han moment, you know, and then, and then Luke gets it, you know, flies right in and, and, and hits the exhaust port and destroys the Death Star. And so I feel like that for me was like, it was my number four because I feel like that was like, that was like the, the pivot point for Han's character. Like, Mm -hmm. like that, you know, like, and again, I, I'm, I was reminded of like watching it again recently, like that Han's character in that movie would, you know, if you don't know about the Mars Strikes Back and you don't know about Return of the Jedi and you're thinking like, oh, like this guy's, you know, he's, 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 he's not going to be a hero or whatever. And the way that he just comes swooping right back in at the moment and, and literally saves, like, you can, you can make the argument, like he saves the galaxy, right? Like mm-hmm. his intervention right there at the last second frees Luke up to destroy the Death Star and 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 sends Vader spinning off into space. And so that was I, I love that moment because of what it what it did for Han's character. And like the even the scene after where they're all celebrating in the hangar after and like the just the that feeling in that in that moment. Um and just obviously like the the Death Star being destroyed, right? Like that was clearly like an iconic moment in Star Wars, um, just that moment. And I think that um, as a side note, one of the things that kind of enriched that scene for me was having Rogue One and Catalyst in the background now, like mm-hmm. knowing, you know, why there was an exhaust port and and how they got that information and what that was all about and really viewing Rogue One as more like a, almost like a prequel to, to A New Hope. Um, but yeah, my number four was the Han intervention slash Luke destroying the Death Star was my number four. Yeah, my number four would have to go into the animation department. Um, this was a very tough one because uh, with the completion of um, uh, the Clone Wars, uh, we, um, we finally kind of gotten the full story of how that ends. So there, there is still more that they, they uh, left out, but that's just a whole other discussion for another time. If I actually have to... Look, like look back and like in keeping keeping uh the uh season seven in mind my number four would have to be from star wars rebels actually Mm -hmm. uh the vader versus ahsoka um battle on uh malachor Mm -hmm. so and here's why because um like ahsoka is obviously the uh, a very adored character, and uh, I think we uh, kind of fit that, uh, like, discuss that way better, in, like in our uh, May the Fourth episode with uh, McKenna. But um, we didn't really know where her story was gonna go. Uh, I mean, obviously, a lot of fans, including myself, thought she would die during Order sixty six. Uh, but apparently, when she was brought back into Rebels, it just opened up like way more possibilities with this character mm-hmm. and like a lot of people just dreamt the day where she would actually finally confront vader people also speculating as well she'd probably die there mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> apparently apparently dave really loves uh <laughs> keeping this character alive uh even even george was uh thinking about killing her off and dave was like uh no no like to keep her alive 
that's another sign of Filoni's uh, brilliance. He knows mm-hmm. what he's doing. The the battle did kind of seem unexpected in certain areas, and I, and I thought that was very welcomed. So, uh, if you guys don't know the, uh, I'm pretty sure y'all know, but anyway, um, like uh, Ahsoka confronts Vader, and he tries to confirm to her that Anakin Skywalker was destroyed by him, in in a, basically confirming what Obi Wan Kenobi says in the New Hope, trying to like make Vader's identity not very known. So so Ahsoka takes that, then they fight out, and then uh, he knocks her off the pyramid, then he goes back and tries to get the holocron, and then that moment where she strikes his face, so like, whoa, wow, she is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like right at that moment when you hear uh, Matt's voice mixed with uh, James Earl Jones's voice and it says Ahsoka, like, there was, like, a moment where, like, the pit of my stomach just sank. Mm-hmm. I was just like, whoa. Like, I like I was actually in, like, afraid for this character. I was like, okay, what's, what's going to happen now? And then you see the uh, crack in his mask, and you see a little bit of Anakin mm-hmm. uh, showing through. And then you just kind of feel like, wow, he... he like this is this this person really means a lot to him even even though he's fallen so far mm-hmm. and then then you hear um then you hear Ahsoka say I won't leave you not this time just trying to like it was kind of in her way of trying to bring bring Anakin back like how Padme did with him in episode 3 uh kind of hilarious, hilariously but well yeah. We'll get that'll be probably in, a, in some type of list some in some other episode. But anyway, um, and then like there's something that I haven't really seen people address. But like after Ahsoka says that line, you kind of see this look where Anakin kind of just looks down and then kind of just looks back up, like with like with an unchanged ex- expression and. Um, I was like, wow, he's actually considering, like, should I just drop this? But obviously, you know how, you know that that's not going to be the case. And then he just gets an angry expression and says, then you will die. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Wh- when that happens, like, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> then uh, she closes the pyramid and then Ezra and Kanan escape. And then you see the aftermath of what happens. And not even the full aftermath, uh, in fact. But you do see Vader come out, and then you're like, oh, she's gone. Yikes. But and then, like, it kind of pans over to this uh, owl that flies over, and then you see, like, a figure go into the ruins, and then it's like, what? wait, what? Is she alive? Is this, a, like, a trick to the eye? And then, and then we get... Like, confirmation later on in, in uh, season four that she did um, survive via uh, time travel. World between worlds. Because <laughs> why, why not? <laughs> so, so yeah. Ahsoka, Ahsoka versus Vader. It was basically what I was hoping for and beyond. Definitely a 
definitely a, probably of all of, it is probably one of, if not the most, like, like if you just go Clone Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. like Ahsoka, Vader, like that is probably arguably one of the most pivotal scenes because it brings Ahsoka all the way through Clone Wars into Rebels and it brings Vader's storyline, you know, like in in the, in the context of her relation, his relationship with Ahsoka, that's the moment, right? It's like mm-hmm. and it transcends both both series, and yeah, yeah. That that's a, I, I watched a video the other day. Someone was talking about like speculating about how much did Ahsoka feel like it was her fault mm-hmm. because she left the Jedi Order. How much did she think it was her fault that Anakin fell to the dark side? Like, she feel like you know because she says i'm not this time i'm not leaving you like mm-hmm. and then she you know which makes it even more tragic right because it's like she has this false sense of guilt that he mm-hmm. that he fell to the dark side because she didn't stick around and which it isn't her fault but right like mm-hmm. that's her character's struggle and then she's there again like to give him to to redeem herself and he's like i'm gonna kill you right <laughs> and it's like Okay, yeah, I, I'm not the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that is, that is, yeah, that is it. On to number three. Uh, yep. Number three. All right. Some, uh, so, continuing in the Vader realm. So, my number three, again, from the movies, from the original trilogy. So, my number three moment, and this was, again, it was really hard to, like, pin this out. Like, a moment. I tried to, like, not get into, like, like a whole sequence or scenes. So, the... My number three moment was um, the Vader redemption moment. Mm. So it was that moment, that scene where you know you see Vader, um, you know looking at looking at Luke, looking at the Emperor. That moment where he turns to the Emperor and lifts him up, just to me is one of the most like iconic scenes in in all of Star Wars. And I remember I was trying to get, like, when I was thinking about this, trying to think as much as I could about, like, how that hit me when it happened, like, when I saw it for the first time. Like, you know, oh, okay. Because these scenes, you see them so many times, you know, you, and you see them in the context of the of all the movies now, and you might lose some of that. And I, I just remember, like, like, you got it, like, I mean, like, they were, you know, there was, I really don't, like, in A New Hope, there was really no point in A New Hope where you felt like, yeah, Vader might have a good side. Like, he was mm-hmm. just bad. He was a bad, bad guy, right? And then in Empire Strikes Back, you know, that there's the moment where he, you know, there's the I am your father moment, and there's there's seems to be this sense that maybe he wants to, like, you know, take Luke, and, and he wants to you know, we'll rule the galaxy as father and son, and, like, we'll get rid of the Emperor or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like it was until Return of the Jedi that you, you started to see, like, that Vader is truly conflicted, like that he isn't just this. I, I think it. I guess what I'm saying is like, like if you think about like, like when Vader came on the scene in The New Hope before Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi came out, like there was no backstory. So he was just this. He was one of the most frightening, evil, dark, you know, like characters in movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so. And then you get all the way to the end of Return of the Jedi, the moment where he, like, lifts, returns to destroy the Emperor. And it just, to me, like, transformed his character. It was like, it was almost, 
bizarre. It was surreal. It was like, wait, Darth Vader is a good guy now? Like he's, he, you know, and like, and I remember those feel the feeling that I had like from that point to the end of Return of the Jedi was just, it was so powerful because it was like, they, that changed his character, you know, mm-hmm. and you and and from that point forward, he's he's vulnerable, he's helpless, he's dying, he's totally broken, he's nothing like he was even just moments before when he had you know defeated Luke, and 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 was gonna allow the Emperor to kill him, like so to me like that moment where and like just even the way that looks like when he lifts the Emperor up and you see the lightning kind of coursing through everything and the smoke and he throws the he throws the emperor off and i think he kind of like falls like or leans mm-hmm. like he's just he's so weak and like that that's his last like really strong physical exertion that he's going to do before he just collapses and slowly dies um and and so to me i think that i think it's such a great scene and to to end that whole throne room scene mm-hmm. um but yeah, for me, number three was the Vader Redemption. So, okay, so here's here's a question that kind of just popped up into my head, and uh, uh, about your number three, um, was that scene affected in any way when they uh, decided to add the nose uh, back in uh, 2011? To add the what? Uh, no, like where Vader says no, <laughs> and then, like grabs him. Uh, oh, did, oh, did, did that did that change for you in any way or not really no, i can't say that that took away from the scene for me oh okay that's what wow. you're um I, I didn't i didn't really think about that when i was thinking about this i was more just thinking like you know like, oh like the try, again like trying to think like the first time i saw this scene you know what was it but no i, I don't know that that made a big difference for me oh, okay yeah i, I, I just remember it uh, yeah, like like you said, um, we we both we both kind of grew up like where it was mostly silent, and then he just did it. Uh, he didn't right. really vocally express uh, discomfort in the the situation that was happening. Right. Um, but um, the the version that my sister uh, that I showed my sister was where uh, he said no, and I felt like that kind of put her at ease as. Um, as compared to like when I first saw it and like, it was like very silent. So like, I think the intensity was kept uh, a little bit longer. Mm. So, so, okay. Yeah. That, that's a, that's very interesting. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay, number three. Yeah. My number three, uh, this is very much a buy, like very me being very biased and, uh, and uh, just uh, per- personally, I just enjoyed this as a kid, and I feel like the um, sheer enjoyment that I still get from it still 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 arises, even though I watch every time I watch it. And that would have to be the pod races, um, pod racing scene from episode one. Uh, it was a again, it was a tough uh, call between uh, the lightsaber fight and the pod ra- race. But I felt like, it, like in the end, I thought, I thought the pottery kind of stuck with me a little bit more. Uh, even even though a lot of people have deemed it as uh, a time killer. Mm. Um, but um, I, I feel like it kind of brought in a little world building 
like as far as like making Star Wars seem a little bit bigger. And uh, it it wasn't it wasn't too derivative. Like it's it had a reason to be in the plot. Uh, they needed to get money, so they so Anakin oh, yeah. found found a way to do that. And and plus, it you kind of it kind of showcases Anakin's skills as a pilot, so that when he does get into that N one that sexy N one Naboo starfighter, nice. <laughs> um, that uh, when he does fly it, it doesn't seem like uh, him piloting it comes right the heck out of nowhere. Um, and plus, uh, I, I feel and plus there wasn't really that much orchestration. Uh, during the first half of the pod race anyway. Like, it was mostly just uh, Ben Burt just, like, uh, doing his magic as far as creating very interesting sounds. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, each pod pod uh, racer, like, had, like, a very unique design that kind of told a little bit of a story about that certain racer. And I and I always was fascinated about that. Mm-hmm. Um, even uh, um, if you guys don't know, um, there was a Nintendo uh, 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 N N sixty four game called uh, uh, Star Wars Racer. That was really popular back in the day. Um, I did not own the game because, um, as I stated before, I did not heavily grow up on video games. So that that department is very much still new to me, um, but Star Wars Racer was definitely one of those things that uh, I grew up with. And plus, um, there was a McDonald's in uh, a Rockford that um, back in the day uh, they actually had bought game systems yeah. and like put it behind a glass and like had the um, controllers like out on these uh, like. Uh, tube things that could that were connected to the box, and Star Wars Racer was one of those games, and I always uh, had fun uh, playing those uh, whenever we went to McDonald's. Um, sadly, they don't do that anymore because I definitely see the difficulty of uh, putting a uh, updating a new gaming system every time, but um. But yeah, recently uh, they decided to release, re-release the uh, game on uh, uh, PlayStation and uh, I think a Nintendo Switch. Um, so I bought that and I played it recently with Jacob and we were both like, this game is 20 years old, but it's still fun. It's it's basically like a very fun version of Mario Kart on uh, uh, for Star Wars without the coins. <laughs> So, so yeah, and, uh, yeah, just, it's just a one, just a wonderful sequence, um, and I I feel like some of the effects still hold up, and, like, it it was revolutionary back then, like, we never seen anything that fast-paced and that, that exhilarating, like, in Star Wars, um, like, even, even after, like, I remember, like, watching this with, uh, a relative of mine, which she was a little bit older, and um, like after that sequence, she just said, "Like I gotta, I gotta, 
I gotta sit down. <laughs> and she and the the thing was is that she was sitting down. <laughs> she she had to take a break. That that thing that, that was intense. So yeah, it was it's de- definitely uh, um, a top. It's basically one of my favorite moments in the uh, prequel trilogy. Like like NASCAR with Star Wars, but what with, with uh, uh, Sam people trying to kill you, and yeah. the environment trying to kill you, and everybody else is trying to kill you. So yeah, I, I think I, I like the point that you made about world building because I feel like that did like it brought it made Tatooine it brought like like bringing the huts into that like and how that was like the center of like gambling and like the criminal underworld you know was mm-hmm. was all you know like i think that that really did expand on like you know the what was what was going on on tatooine and why were the huts like why was jabba headquartered there <laughs> like mm-hmm. i mean obvious reasons you know to stay out of out of the republic or out of jurisdiction of, of the empire of the republic but but yeah and i feel like the pod racing was it almost feels like it was showing. It was like it was like ILM showing off. Like, mm-hmm. like, what's the coolest, craziest thing we can do that like no one's ever done before? That's just so visually stunning and mm-hmm. so visually like unprecedented. And definitely, pod racing. That scene was, I would agree. Like, it was. It was. No one had seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And the way that the sounds and the like, and even the like, it was so visually unique. Like. Just even the design of the pods, it was like, that's just, I've never seen anything like that before. Like, mm-hmm. and the way that the jet engines had almost like a, in our world appearance, mm-hmm. and yet they were in this weird, you know, otherworldly scenario, like, um, and the sound and, and the visuals and the colors and, and, and everything was, yeah. And I, I do remember that was, I think I had the racer game on PC. Oh wow! Okay. I think I had. I know I had. I had some pod racing game that was on PC. It was probably that game. Mm-hmm. I remember going to Best Buy back when the games were in these big cardboard boxes and getting the pod racer game. And I, it was one of the few games during that time period that I I remember playing for hours, mm-hmm. for hours. And it was it was that that. And I do. I think some people maybe even may have even like criticized and said oh that that scene was just made so they could make a video game you know because mm-hmm. like of course that's what everybody would think like you know, oh like, yeah and, and oh i want to race toys. a pod racer mm-hmm. you know that's like the ultimate thing if i can't actually fly one right like get into a get into a video game and fly a pod you know in real in the real world but yeah pod racing was yeah and and i think that like the high the, I, I never heard that criticism about it being a time killer mm. Um, yeah, I did. I didn't just like a filler. No, yeah, I I forgot who said it on the internet or like where I've seen it, but it was like, yeah, when I first heard, it, I was like, what? I mean, it is a long sequence. Yeah, it it is. It's definitely a long sequence, and it isn't a lot of there isn't a lot of dialogue or mm-hmm. or any like plot being filled out. But right. I absolutely think that I mean, as far as the storyline goes, I mean, it's like it does very much fit into like you know like the way that they just find the solution to their problem Mm -hmm. and showcase Anakin, like that's the primary way that we all realize what Qui-Gon knows, which is this kid's like 
force sensitive like crazy mm -hmm. right like he's he's flying these pods like like better than anybody else and and i thought it was just i just thought that this, those scenes were just fun and entertaining too but but mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah, well, yeah. Plus, uh, like, I, uh, growing up, uh, um, I lived in a very rural area, and uh, you, and if you know anything about rural areas, is that uh, like a way to show your status is the, if you have the, the biggest, car. loudest, most obnoxious-looking truck, <laughs> <laughs> and and like. There was like some, I think it was like either at a gas station or maybe possibly school. I'm not, I don't really recall the details of it. But there was this one person that owned this big giant truck, big giant wheels, and uh, like the thing that like we mostly remembered it. We we called it Saboba's uh, truck because like it had that sound. It was like. Yeah, that's <laughs> something that happens. Like, <laughs> like, like even Jake and I would like, joke joke around with another kid. He was like, "Oh, it's a Bobo win. He <laughs> <laughs> always wins." It was, it was also an interesting. Yeah. It was also a. I think there was a connection there, like to George Lucas. Like the kid, he had never really had the chance to do like the like the drag racing that he did mm -hmm. in American Graffiti, and that was a part of him growing up, was like the, the car racing in, oh, yeah. in the small towns, which is similar to that, what you're talking about. And like, I think that was the first time he was like, all right, we're doing a drag racing like a scene mm -hmm. in Star Wars, and we just call it pod racing. Right? Mm -hmm. He did that. Classic example of like, just like innovative, creative, mind-blowing, you know, visually. And, and that more than probably any special effects in those movies holds up entirely mm -hmm. like by any standard today that's still really exceptional oh yeah <laughs> pretty incredible mm -hmm. sound visual everything totally hey guys justin here just wanted to let you guys know that uh due to the length of this episode we decided to split this one into two parts to keep true to our theme of keeping our show under an hour long so Part two will be out very shortly. Thanks for listening.